Consummate Athlete seeks health, community, and adventure through movement. And here on the podcast, longtime endurance coach and kinesiologist Peter Glassford and author and cycling coach Molly Herford are helping you lead your best active, adventurous life. Every week, we talk with professional athletes, health and fitness experts, and of course, real-life consummate athletes. We're excited to have you along for the ride. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Uh, we're here with a special Friday mini episode. Uh, we haven't done a lot of these before. Well, we've been doing them through the sort of COVID crisis to try and add a little bit more. That's true. But People have been more available to mm-hmm. sort of. Well, normally we've been doing the mini episodes as sort of Q&As where it's just us talking. But today is one of the first, I'd say, mini interview episodes. And I'm pretty excited. We're bringing back on Sonia Looney, who's a professional mountain biker, uh, super intense endurance athlete, um, generally awesome human being she has a podcast yeah she has a podcast the sonia looney show i've been on a couple times uh she has a great plant-based cookbook um and yeah she's just kind of a really a really cool person and i was excited to have her back on now that she she recently had a baby also a new mom yeah her her world has changed i imagine yeah so i wanted to just kind of have her on to quickly catch up and sort of see you know how she's been dealing with being a new parent i mean at this especially at this point in time um, so we sort of talked through, she's already back on the bike. She got on the bike pretty quickly. Um, but we kind of talked about how that, that was a priority for her. Um, and you know, for anyone who's busy, not just new parents, I think, you know, whether you have kids or a dog or a partner or work is really hectic. Um, we talk a bunch about kind of figuring out what your balance points are and like how to carve out the time that you need for, for training and, you know, whether or not that training is super intense or whether it's kind of casual or, you know. And if that's a priority, I guess, right? Like it's sort of deciding. Sometimes that's where a lot of the stress comes from, right? Is we, we have, we want to maybe do that, but like works the priority right now or health is the priority or there's a baby that's a priority. Well, and I think the baby almost makes it like the easiest one because it's, it is a very obvious, this is a tiny human that you have to take care of. Um, So it's a really, you know, simple like, oh, of course I'm not going to train right now, but I don't think we give ourselves the same grace when there's like a huge work project or something like that that's that's looming. So it's a kind of interesting thing when you think about life stress and... You mean in terms of letting yourself like just focus on that other thing or, or what do you just mean by uh, that? Like when to kind of pull back from training or when to pull back from something else. Right. Uh, so, you know, for Sonia, like she was already balancing a lot of work with training then she had the baby and she's still prioritizing training, but she actually has backburnered a lot of, you know, the work stuff that she could in order right, to right. sort of do a more proper like maternity leave. But the training time is sort of what she, we talked about, she kind of needed it to feel, you know, more whole and like have that time for herself and to be able to, you know, get out and get outside. And that was more important than spending hours and hours in front of the computer at the moment. Yeah, and I felt like she, at least from what I could see, she trained fairly late in the pregnancy and stuff uh, as well. So I would imagine that that's where, I mean, it's almost cliche to describe it as goal setting, I guess. But she, I guess, made that decision to continue to try and train at whatever level. And, you know, I'm sure looked into it lots as far as what she could do and and sort of took hints from her body. But uh, that sort of would set up in some ways, you know, assuming all goes well, that after that would be something that you know she's set up to do and continue to train or or resume training i should Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So I think, you know, not just new moms are going to enjoy this episode. I think any busy person who's kind of just struggling to figure out where to, you know, how to balance training with the rest of their life and, you know, just kind of figuring out how to how to structure a week and everything is going to get a lot of this episode. And we actually do have another episode with Sonia that's going to come out later. That's on mountain bike stage racing, which is sort of her, her jam, but we we'd recorded it before the pandemic. And obviously with all the races canceled, it didn't really make sense to put that one out quite yet. So I'm definitely, yeah, I'm looking forward to that one because she does have a lot of experience with that. And I think she's like, the classic like she likes like she has a good time when she's racing and around the races and stuff and that's i was just out with a friend who i actually made mostly through stage races i've known him for a long years but we just did a stage race uh together last fall and we were talking about how stage racing mountain bike stage racing is like the best the best discipline because it's basically like you're at adult summer camp and you just get to go and ride mountain bikes really hard for the morning and then you know, you're back chilling at the pool or, or whatever. So yeah, I'll say like an ultra running stage race is kind of on my bucket list. And Sonia oh. and I have also talked a little bit about there's a couple partner ultra run stage races. So we've, we've tossed the idea around oh, like so. the trans Rockies run or something. Mm-hmm. I guess BC has a few too, right? You were maybe looking yeah. at Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see how that pans out. Right. Um, but in the meantime, enjoy this short episode with Sonia. If you're enjoying, if you enjoy this little mini episode, let us know. Head over to Instagram at consummateathlete or consummateathlete.com or rate and review when whatever podcast app you you listen to. That would be super. All right, enjoy the episode. Hi Sonia, welcome back to the Consummate Athlete Podcast. I'm stoked to be back. I am so sad that we haven't gotten to post the podcast we did with you in February about mountain bike stage racing, but I figured it made sense to wait till mountain bike stage racing came back before I posted the how-to on that. Um, yeah. So that's that's still coming, but I wanted to have you back on because obviously you had a very exciting spring, uh, not race-related. You are now a new mom to a gorgeous baby boy, so congratulations. Thank you very much. I might be a little bit biased, but he is gorgeous. <laughs> he really he really is, and I'm not biased at all, and I'm actually usually kind of mean about babies. So when I say he's gorgeous, I really mean it. <laughs> all right. On the record. Yeah, on the record. Um, I mean, so how has it been? You you came back to cycling really quickly. Yeah, it's been really good. You know, I think it's important to um, listen to your body and but not put limitations that somebody else made up for you. And I generally don't like blanket recommendations. And six weeks is kind of the like expectation, I guess, of most people getting back to activity. But now I'm finding out that three months is also a recommendation um, mm-hmm. for impact and they actually are considering mountain biking an impact sport because of your pelvic floor and the bouncing. Um, but yeah, like I just took it easy and I just said, okay, how, do, how does my body feel? And I got back on my bike 10 days after 10 days, um, way sooner than I thought. And I, I took it really easy, but I said to myself, if it feels bad, I'm just going to stop. And it never ended up feeling bad. So I've been able to continue to ride and it's been so good for my body, I think, in terms of healing, but also for mental health, too. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, maybe that is, like, not a mistake that people make, but people put such stock in, like, okay, six weeks, 42 days exactly, and then I can get back to X, Y, Z thing. And it's the same with injury recovery, too, right? Like, it's it's kind of this arbitrary recommendation of, like, oh, I'll take eight to ten weeks off or whatever, and then you think that that day is going to be, like, magically all clear, and that's just not not the case. 
Yeah, I think with having injuries, like I've trained through injuries and broken bones or come back from injuries and having that um, experience just with my body, knowing my body and being comfortable kind of, I don't want to say pushing the boundaries because I wasn't pushing my boundaries, but, but challenging what the recommendations are that are just for anybody. Um, mm. I think that really has been helpful through pregnancy and postpartum. Yeah. And as far as like knowing yourself and knowing how you feel, I mean, feel is obviously like such an important thing, but are there any other like metrics that you kind of keep an eye on? Like, are you looking at heart rate or like HRV or any of that stuff? Yeah. I mean, I just generally keep an eye on heart rate and HRV for training, but really for postpartum, it's number one, how much sleep are you getting? And I've been really fortunate with my baby, but if, if you're training and you're not sleeping, you could run yourself straight into the ground. So something I've noticed is that I started doing intensity in the last three weeks and I, I don't recover as quickly as I used to. And even with a good little sleeping baby, there's a lot of energy and it's about energy management to uh-huh. take care of a little one. So being, you know, being kind with yourself and starting where you are instead of just saying, well, I used to do all of these things. So that's my starting point. It's starting where you're at now and then building from there and, and being brave enough to, I, I did a little mini podcast series about, about motherhood that I'm doing once per month. And it was about being brave enough to do like an FTP test or to step on the scale and say, this is where my starting point is. And it's humbling to see that because you register, well, I used to be this way, mm-hmm. but but there's no shame in that. There's shame in not actually looking. And, and confidence and comes from every single day taking actions to get better. So I'm, I'm really excited and I felt very fulfilled with my training because I get to see really fast improvement. Whereas before, whenever you're kind of, you know, racing at the top level, it's hard to get even 1%. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I'm always almost like a little bit jealous of anyone who's kind of just starting out on any fitness journey of any time because I'm like, oh man, you're going to have such a good few months of like just rapid improvements that are actually like things you can see instead of yeah, now where it's like grasping and clawing for that extra, like, yeah, quarter of a percent or something. Yeah, I think it's just hard because people compare, like, I used to be this fast or I used to do this. And whether you've had a baby or not, I mean, some people just get out of, it's been years since they've even gotten on a bike before or run, or they've never done it before. Mm-hmm. And just it's, it's humbling to have that starting point. But a humbling beginning is what makes it meaningful whenever you actually make gains. Yeah, and it's funny. We've actually been talking about that a lot lately in the in in terms of more age and like, oh, I'm never going to be like, I'm never going to have the FTP test I had when I was like 23 or something like that. Um, but really, I mean, it's actually kind of a pretty sweet goal if you if you have those like high numbers to even like look back on. Yeah, and I mean, that number doesn't even really mean that much, yeah. especially in in mountain biking because like skill and then um, I forget who I was talking to, but it was about aging specifically. And it was like, well, I might not have the same FTP as some of the other women that I race against because they're a lot younger than me. It was some, it was a World Cup racer I was talking to who's mm-hmm. a little bit older compared to everybody else. And she said, but I have the knowledge of how to race and like years and years of that. So while you might not be as light as you used to be or you might have a lower FTP, that knowledge actually is better than having the higher FTP. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and I mean, you, you were also doing a lot of riding, like up until, up until you pretty much gave birth, right? 
Yeah. Yeah, and he was he was eight days late, and it was funny because I did. It was like kind of a joke, but I I said, oh yeah, I'm like riding the pump track to get the baby out, and I was still mountain biking until the day before he was born, and of course nothing like that I felt was risky. Yeah, and the pump track certainly wasn't risky, but people seemed to really like that post, and it was it's been really really rewarding um, to have shared that journey because now people email me all the time saying like, oh. I didn't know if I could keep riding while I was pregnant. And now because I've seen your posts or some, some other women's posts, like now I feel empowered that I can do that and I feel good. And, and same with um, like vegan nutrition. I've actually had some moms or, or pregnant women um, who are new, soon to be new moms, like see the benefits, see that I had no swelling, like no issues of any kind. And they changed their diet for pregnancy and they're having really successful, comfortable pregnancies because of that. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and actually, to to that end, I mean, you know, a lot of people are talking a lot more about, like, plant-based nutrition and stuff like that now. And this is kind of, like, off the topic of pregnancy and motherhood. But, um, you know, if someone isn't quite ready to, like, take the full-on, like, vegan plant-based, you know, step, what are sort of some of your first favorite, like, here's how to start going, integrating more plants into your diet? The first thing I would do is download the free app, The Daily Dozen, from Dr. Michael Greger. And he also just wrote a book. So he has this website called nutritionfacts.org, and it's all these videos about – he goes through hundreds – he has a team, but they go through hundreds of thousands of research papers every year, and they come up with all these videos giving you the latest research, uh, nutrition research. Mm-hmm. So he has a book called How Not to Die, and recently one that came out called How Not to Diet. So that app has, like – all these like tiny little weight loss hacks, like eat cumin every day and drink water before your meal. Like he actually went through all of the studies. Um, so that app will tell you what to, what to eat every day. Um, you can just add it in. Like if you're still going to eat your pepperoni pizza, just add in all these 12, these 12 things that he thinks are good for optimal health. Um, and another book I recommend is fiber fueled by Dr. Will Bolsowitz and his book just came out and it instantly became a New York times bestseller. And he has a four-week program in the back with recipes for how to eat to optimize gut health. And you so, just had him on your podcast, right? I did, yeah. It was actually the second time he's been on. So those are those are two great places. And then the PCRM Physicians Committee for Responsible Men- uh, Medicine has a 21-day kickstart guide that I believe is also free. And I think it's pcrm.org. Mm-hmm. Um, awesome. And I liked what you just said about like adding things in. Cause I think most people assume that the first thing they need to do is like immediately take out all animal products. But I think like the best thing most people can do is probably add a few more vegetables in and start yeah, there. Add, add, add stuff in and see how you feel. And you know, if you want to cut out all that stuff, do it and you, you might feel the best and for, for optimal health, certainly that's the best thing, but adding in as many fruits, vegetables, legumes, and whole grains as you can, that's going to make you feel better and go faster, ironically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, as you were going through pregnancy, were you ever like worried about nutrition or were you just kind of like keeping an eye on things and like checking any blood work or anything like that? Uh, well, they do regular blood work right. screening anyway. And the cool thing um, was that one of the, my midwives said that, oh, during this time in pregnancy, most, most women actually like their their hemoglobin count or their hemoglobin goes down and their hematocrit goes down because your your blood volume increases so much, but mine actually went up. Nice. Um. So it it was pretty cool, and I did a lot of research, of course, you know, to make sure that I was doing everything right. And the, the best book to get for that is I think it's just called Vegan Pregnancy by Reed Mangles, and it's on my website. On I have a vegan pregnancy guide that I have on my website. Um, but yeah, I felt really confident and actually I ate even cleaner than I normally ate. I didn't have any crazy cravings. 
Um, my weight gain was like spot on with what the healthy amount of weight gain was. I gained 25 pounds and postpartum, I was very surprised like how quickly I got back to my pre-pregnancy weight and it's because of the diet. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, there's a lot of concern about folate and getting vitamins. And the, the irony is that the things that you're supposed to cut out while you're pregnant are mostly the animal products and the processed foods and all that, all that stuff. So yeah. Um, if you're eating like a whole foods plant-based diet, like you need to be, make sure you're getting iodine if you're not eating any processed food because sea salt doesn't have iodine in it. And you also need to be like checking and like most people need to be taking a vitamin D and a vitamin B12 supplement. And I took like, I just took a prenatal vitamin and occasionally I took iodine and occasionally I took B12 and that was it. So. Mm -hmm. yeah. I always, I love and respect so much like how well researched you are on this stuff and like how much time you've devoted to like figuring out exactly what works for you. And I mean, also then sharing that information, but it's definitely a lot healthier approach to veganism than when I was doing it when I was 16 and drinking mostly Mountain Dew and eating mostly Oreos. So. Yeah, I'm really passionate about the nutrition part and I've literally spent seven years, I, every day I do some sort of re reading or learning and I've spent seven years doing that. So I don't have like a formal degree in nutrition, but I feel I do have like the Cornell plant-based uh, plant uh, nutrition certification, but I do feel like very confident in my knowledge of nutrition on, with plant-based just because there's so much great information out there and I really enjoy doing my own research. Mm -hmm. So what are you reading right now? Any, any good books? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I am reading um, Dr. Geiger's book, How Not to Diet. It's, I'm actually listening to the audiobook and it's 24 hours long. So Oof. yeah, and it's, it's all about the beginning part is all about obesity in the United States and just like food industry. It's like, really fascinating. Um, let's see, there's, yeah, I'm reading Conscious Parenting by Dr. Shafali, and, uh, I'm reading, oh, I just finished reading The Mindful Athlete by George Mumford, and that was great, and I'm also reading Eleven, we Eleven Rings by Phil Jackson, and these are all audiobooks that I listen to on my bike rides, or, like, if I'm doing stuff around the house, because mm -hmm. I don't, I don't have time to sit down and read right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think maybe that's sort of like one of the last things I wanted to, to mention is, you know, you're you're coming back to training and you're you're training a fair bit right now. And we talked about this kind of before where you have the baby, you have your training and there's, you know, there's some work, but there's not a ton of room for sort of like if you were to just be doing like every single thing, especially like at the rate you were doing things, you know, like this time last year, for instance. Mm -hmm. um, so I think a lot of new moms sort of feel this like obligation to get back to, you know, hardcore training and, you know, being in super shape like instantly. But, you know, I think it's worth pointing out that everything is like, everything is a stressor. Like working out is a stressor, work is a stressor, baby life is a stressor. Like, so I think yeah. your, your point about being kind to yourself that you mentioned early on is just so important. Yeah, and like there's no such thing as balance, but there is such a thing as intentional imbalance. So it's like choosing for me, my, I'm choosing in all of my projects to prioritize my fitness and my training and my sponsorships is basically like the number one, aside from, from Bradley, that's the number one thing that I'm focusing on. But there are times where it's like, okay, I'm going to be focused on Moxie and Grit right now, or I'm going to really be focused. And I'm still like doing customer service emails and, 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 you know, Moxie and Grit still has, is running and I'm still doing a podcast every week and things like that. But it's just the amount of attention and energy being applied to it is to maintain it and I planned ahead for this and I knew I knew that it would be a period so pre-baby I built systems 
they could be better, but I, I hired somebody to do, you know, some part-time work to help me so that I can maintain all these things when Bradley's really little and maybe I don't have the amount of, you know, time that I would have to dedicate to it. And I have a plan in place to scale my business and to keep continue to grow it over time. And it's exciting. And this mm-hmm. is time away from like being head down, react, like almost reactive mode, trying to get everything done all the time and working crazy hours has been awesome because now I feel very motivated. And it's also helped me put my finger on exactly what it, what it is and what direction I want to go with everything. And it's really hard whenever you're in the weeds um, to really see like what, what you're going to be doing next. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm pretty excited. Yeah, yeah, it is funny. I think like the bit, the kind of like less time you have to do the work, the the more focused and like the better the work actually ends up being yeah. in so many ways. And it's more meaningful too. Like I, I was saying to somebody else in a podcast like before, like I've I've been fortunate to be like a professional sponsored athlete for a number of years now. But before I was working full time, and you know whenever you had that time to go ride your bike, it was really special because you only have a short period of time to ride your bike. And then that specialness kind of went away whenever I've had as much time as I wanted to ride my bike, which I wasn't riding that much more because your body can only handle so much. Mm -hmm. But that time just wasn't as special or I'd like let time slip away during the day and it would be hours before I got on my bike. And now it's like I have from 12 to 2 to ride my bike. So now I'm on it. I don't waste time getting ready to ride. And if I do, I get really frustrated. And that time is very special and sacred to me. And I don't mess around. So Mm -hmm. that's actually, you know, people might not realize that it actually is extra special when you have less time to ride. Yeah, yeah. And I do think like it's maybe a good note to end on is is the importance of taking that time for yourself and and doing the, the ride for yourself. Because I think that probably has made you a better a better, more present mom when you're back. Yeah, like I think that everybody's heard put on the oxygen mask for yourself first and being able to show up as your best, happiest, motivated self, whatever it is that that recharges you, it might not be a bike ride, it might be meditation, it might be going for a walk, it might be like watching a really bad show on Netflix, like whatever it is that makes you recharge, like there's no guilt in taking that time for yourself because you will be better for everybody around you. And if you show up resenting everybody because you didn't do that thing and like feeling burnt out and crappy, like you're not going to show up that way. So it's not selfish to take that time you need because you're going to be, everybody's going to be better because of it, including you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. All right. Well, let everyone know where they can follow along with that journey, find your, your pregnant or vegan pregnancy manual, all of the good things. Yeah. SonyaLooney.com is the best place. And I'm most, I'm active on all social media platforms, but SonyaLooney1 is my, like the number one is my Instagram. There's some random person that has SonyaLooney and they haven't posted in <laughs> years and years and they've only posted like two pictures. So unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. We'll link to all of that in the show notes. Thank you so much for chatting. It's always so good catching up with you. Hey, Peter, what does a registered kinesiologist and endurance coach do? Well, Molly, let me tell you, I work with busy people that want to do big, crazy adventures. You know, these are people who have kids, they have families, they have all sorts of work stuff they got to do, but they have big goals. They maybe want to do a big mountain bike race, 100 miler, something like Dirty Kanza. They might just want to keep up on the group ride and All these things are really, really cool adventures and really good breaks from all the other stuff we have going on in our our busy lives, right? So I help people do that. And so I really like programming and finding ways that we can fit movement 
into their lives. Sometimes that involves, you know, consultation around movement or trying to work through some sort of injury. Uh, and sometimes it's just dealing with, you know, fitting stuff in and getting the work done. So that's what I do. I, I coach and I build training plans and, you know, that's, that's what a registered kinesiologist and endurance coach does in my case. And how can people get in touch with you if they're interested in, in well, chatting with you? You're on the consummate athlete podcast. You go to consummateathlete.com. You can find coaching links on that website. Awesome. Thanks, Peter. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Consummate Athlete Podcast. While you still have your podcast app open, do us a huge favor. Head over to iTunes or whatever app you're listening in and rate and review the podcast. It's super helpful. It you know gets us more guests on the show. It gets me a dog. Um, and it's just you know a good way to give back if we've provided any kind of value to you throughout all of the episodes you've listened to. If you're looking for the show notes, you can find those at www.consummateathlete.com. We have lots of other content over there and any information about coaching or events can also be found at that same website. And you can find us on the social medias at Molly J. Herford and at Peter Glassford on Twitter and Instagram. And we would love to hear from you. Thanks so much. And we will see you next week.